Orange in the Central West's 105.1 Triple M. We're brought to you thanks to Harvey Norman in the Orange Grove Homemaker Centre. Time to talk agriculture now and joining us online, Bruce Reynolds, good morning to you. Good day, Neil. Now, an acquaintance of both of ours is a gentleman by the name of George King. George is from Carcor, and he has been elected to quite a prestigious role, the Board of Cattle Australia. Who is this organisation? So Cattle Australia, and congratulations to George for, for his election, um, looks after the grass-fed beef industry. It's a new body, it's a new organisation that's been constructed, and there was an election late last year, um, and two New South Wales producers got on, so George, one of them, from Carcor, as you mentioned, and also uh, Elka Cliverton from uh, the Harden area, who I also do know. Um, and um, so both of those individuals... Uh, trying to work to to bring the industry together, to bring the grass-fed industry as opposed to the um, lot-fed industry together as one voice to represent um, the industry to government. Okay, and what are some of their goals? So, look, they're they're looking firstly at uniting the the levy payers because beef producers, when they sell livestock, you you pay a levy, but also engaging with uh, both the the producers but also the industry stakeholders. And there are a lot from processors through to the the lot feeders, um, through to retailers, uh, as well as advocating on matters that are important to to cattle producers and uh, leading and directing policy development and also protecting the profitability and competitiveness of the beef industry because you know, it does go through highs and lows. So it, it's quite a, a, a large role, and I know George will certainly embrace it um, and um, full confidence that this, this new organisation will move forward and fully represent the, the cattle industry. Okay, all right. Look, let's uh, turn to weather now as we start a new month. How do we feel last month with temperature and rainfall? So, look, last month, from a temperature point of view, the maximum was very, very close to average, within you know, 0.1 or 2 of a degree, and the minimums were about 2 degrees below average, as we've talked about in recent weeks, that it's, it's still cold overnight or cool overnight. Uh, so, from a rainfall point of view, well below average. After so many wet months in a row, finally we, we had a, a drier than the normal month, and I think at the airport below 50 millimetres as re- was recorded officially for Orange. Now, as you look out to, across the countryside, it looks like it's browned off and dried off quite significantly. Uh, what can you tell me about soil moisture? Are you familiar with what's going on under the ground? Look, it, it, the ground's cracking. I think it's amazing. So from being so wet in, up till December, I in the grass, because there's so much grass there, it's drawn it out, evapotranspiration, and it'll just also evaporation. So, yeah, look, the ground has dried out, and, of course, the grasses have hayed off. So, yeah, it, it's a normal summer, I suppose you could say, Neil. We're back to, to close to normality. Might be a little bit late, but mm. uh, close to normality. Yeah, and perhaps short-lived. Tell me about that. What are the next three months looking like? So looking, looking at the next three months from a temperature point of view, we're probably going to continue in this part of the world with um, below average both maximums and minimums uh, through to April. Um, but the, most of the country is actually forecast, particularly Western Australia and South Australia and parts of the Northern Territory and Queensland for well above average temperatures, both maximum and minimum. So we're going to be the exception. We're, we're just going to probably be one or two degrees below what, what the average is for the next um, two or three months. That, that doesn't mean that you won't get hot days. Um, from a rainfall point of view, 
look, as in I think the Bureau is sitting on the fence for the next three months. It's sort of 50-50 chance of slightly above or 50-50 chance of below average rainfall for our part of the world for, for the next three months. Sounds like average to me. Now, let's talk about blueberries. I know that you're growing them. You're into your blueberry harvest, I believe. Certainly am. So it's um, disappointing the prices at the moment. So it was interesting during the, ch- the cherry harvest, blueberries were actually cheaper than cherries. Yeah, right. um, um, but look, you know, nice quality fruit, um, but they are a tricky crop to grow. Uh, and I know a lot of people look at them from, from the backyard point of view. So uh, just a, a quick tip for people, you've got to get that soil pH down around about four and a half, maybe five. So you can do that with either buying sulfur uh, to bring it down, as you can buy sulfur bunnings in the, the fertiliser section, or you can use coffee grinds um, to try and bring your pH down. And there are testing kits, but if you don't, and you've got to do it on a regular basis. So every year, you've got to keep it bringing it down. Otherwise, the pH will actually go back to normal, which is probably about six here, maybe six and a half. Some soils are more acid, some are slightly more alkaline. So just a tip there, if you want to grow good blueberries, and then that, that actually releases the fertiliser to the plant. So yeah, a, a a plant that will give you a lot of berries in probably about year two or three after you've planted it, uh, but you've got to look after it and, and keep that soil pH quite at a low level. Okay, Bruce Reynolds is with us talking agriculture this morning. Thank you, mate. As always, have a good day. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Neil.